Does the Washington offense continue to roll on Monday night? What should you be doing with Jamal Williams? And how do you unlock the puzzle of a Doug Baldwin game-time decision? Plus, the Week 3 leader in the Football Guys Players Championship, Dallas Grimes, talks about how he went on a little tight end crazy in his draft, what he expects from the Giants' ground game, and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts. What more can I say? We top billing it. Stallion without billing it. Viciously found victory. Burn towns and villages. Burning looting and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all that killer. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to talk away. I don't work for free. I am barely giving a fuck away. Hotel begging Johnny and mommy to get the fuck away. Yo, here's a gun, son. Now run. Get it the gut away. Another day. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Nobody Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all of you Balkaholics and even those Gerzakin addicts listening. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, coming up on tonight's show. Who's going to step up in Cincy now that uh, Tyler Eifert is going to be missing several weeks? Uh, what our expectations are for Aaron Jones and the rest of the Green Bay running game after last night's debacle, or should I say debacles, plus Dallas Grimes, the leader in the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship, talks about his worst fantasy loss, Will Fuller's fantasy impact on his teammates in Houston, and we answer your emails, tweets, and more in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Our audio engineer is Bryce. Our producer and mutual friend is Rob, and they are getting those questions to us. we got a lot to get to tonight. Uh, and I hope we get to uh, the majority of them. Uh, for the first time in this show's history, we'll be addressing at least 70% of your emails. That's my goal. I don't know if it's going to happen. That's what we're going to shoot for. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there if you want to connect with us on Twitter. We are at Hour at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash hsffhour. Uh, if you want to chime in and talk to us, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Dave, we are coming after this week. We will be more than a third of the way into the regular season for the Fantasy Football Players Championship main event and the Football Guys Players Championship. It's flying by. I want to do over. Plus, well, excuse your address. Well, my teams are terrible, but I want to do over because I want, I want that magical week one feeling again. <laughs> you know, that's what I want. Yeah, it's tough, man. You know, the drafting season is so much fun. Yeah. You know, sometimes it can be a grind in the, in the middle of the season, but uh, I'm having fun with waivers and stuff. It's one of the, it's one of the, waivers. I, I you know, it's always so daunting. Um, you know, placing them every single week with with and I, I haven't played this many teams in a long time, but I always enjoy Thursday mornings or sometimes Thursday afternoons because it's like I I just had a draft last night. <laughs> oh, I got to see if I got this guy. I got to see if I got this right, guy. Yeah. So yeah, very exciting Do you stuff. You have any money left? Or are you still, you still all right? You know, some of my leagues I actually have more than seven hundred dollars. I don't know how that's possible. That's good, yeah. Uh, nice. Other leagues I'm down to uh, four dollars and one. That was the that was the Allen Robinson. I told you not. Yeah, to do that, that was that was bad. 
Um, and then the uh, there's another one I, I just checked the other day. I, I, I picked up uh, a handful of guys for the better part of $100 this week, and I'm down to 60 bucks in that league. Right. But all my other ones, I'm like, you know, I, I get at least a few hundred bucks left. Right. How, are you still going good, too? You got enough They're to okay. make a move? They're okay. I, I, this is not my best season drafting. As far as my depth, my, you know, I look at the – I've had seasons where I look at the benches, I'm like, oh, this bench could start as much as the starters yeah. could. Yeah. Not the case so far this year. Yeah. But I'm working on, you know, trying to turn over that – that depth. The problem is when you have guys that are like the guys that they project for like eight points and seven points where you just really want to cut them. Yeah. And you can't, but you no, you really can't. You had a lot of David Johnson uh, shares this year. Uh, so at two, so it seems like you were tougher yeah. behind the eight ball a little bit, yeah, but a little bit. you're All such right. an amazing drafter, Dave, right. that you can rebound easily. All right. Uh, I want to bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen, enough of us talking. Uh, he has participated in the high-stakes fantasy football league since 2006, starting with the old WCOF, the World Championship of Fantasy Football. He finished in seventh place overall in the WCOF in 2008. He's drafted live in Las Vegas the past several years as part of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. He actually is coming off a main event league championship uh, this past year, and annually he drafts a few football guys, uh, uh, football guys players championship uh, teams. Uh, he's won a few leagues over the past couple of years there, but right now, currently sitting in first place out of 7,200 teams in the FPC in the chase for the $250,000 grand prize as we head into week four. Please welcome into the show, Mr. Dallas Grimes. Dallas, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate the chance to come on. It's uh, quite an honor and uh, I enjoy playing in these leagues and, and what you guys set up and run uh, for us annually. So glad to be here. That's awesome. Well, I'm just glad you're enjoying it too. I mean, that's the biggest thing, but certainly got to be exciting. I know it's early, you know, we're, we're still in September, but Dallas, when you look at that leaderboard and you see Dallas Grimes <laughs> in first place, that's got to get you going. I've got to admit, uh, Sunday night and Monday night, as I kept accumulating points and seeing how many minutes I had left, um, even though it's early, there is a little bit of satisfaction in, in getting off a good start because, you know, the points in September count just as much as they do in November and December. Um, so I kind of agree with what y'all were saying also with the David Johnson. You know, when, during draft season, you were hoping to get a top three pick, land one of those stud running backs. And uh, that didn't happen, so you go with plan B. And, and right now, plan B has turned out to be a uh, hot start. So luck, you know, obviously plays a factor in, in our strategy. So, Yeah, I mean, nobody has gotten off to a faster start uh, than you, uh, Dallas. It's certainly been very impressive. We're going to talk about what happened this last week with, with the massive score you put up. Before we get into that, tell the listeners what you do for a living when you're not playing and leading the FPC. Oh, uh I'm in uh, Lubbock, Texas, and I'm a school administrator. I used to be a history teacher and coach, and uh, now I've gotten into administration, which allows me a little more time to dabble uh, in the fantasy football side of things. So, uh, but that which, like, which after started. after lunch is when he does it, right? Yeah. To, oh yeah, after the last what what ring. sport did you what sport did you coach, uh, Dallas? I'm in a smaller district uh, in West Texas, so Friday Night Live. In fact, I'm kind of skipped out for a little bit on our football game tonight, but uh, uh, I did football. I was primarily the basketball coach and, and then in, in our spring uh, track and tennis seasons. Very cool. Very, very cool. So, Dallas, you really loaded up on tight ends in this draft. You took three of them in the first six rounds and six overall. This isn't a DE, you know. So tell us why you made the choice <laughs> to stack that position. Well, just doing the research, you just feel like I just feel like in the uh, 
in this scoring format with one and a half points per reception. If you land those uh, big-time tight ends, um, I think that gives you an advantage. And I know the argument is, especially with Gronk and, and Reed, the injuries playing a factor, but I think you can um, – I think it just gives you a leg up on every week with having that advantage um, that when they are healthy, even if it is for eight to ten weeks, uh, you just take that and you just try to stream – the rest of the way. And I, really with Jordan Reed, I, I know everybody was shying away from him this summer. You just go into it knowing he's going to miss time. But, you know, last weekend, look what happened. And you handcuff – I think you can handcuff him with Vernon Davis is what I did. Um, and that's worked out so far. You know, if Gronk's healthy, that's obviously a huge advantage. And then I just had a good feeling on Zach Ertz, uh, particularly in the preseason, with how many balls he was getting. Now, this team I drafted was before – Jordan Matthews got traded, um, and obviously that I think that's helped him quite a bit. So, um, you know, and just playing this format for several seasons, you just realize uh, five balls for 50 yards for a tight end, uh, can, that's a pretty good day for some of these running backs that typically go in front of them. Um, it's just easier to get, to, you know, get your point totals up. So that was kind of the strategy. One other thing I like is if you go with three tight ends, you plug them into your two flex positions, in addition to your tight end spot, you're really just having to field two running backs and two wides. Um, and I just think you can, you know, uh, find those positions either through waivers or late in the draft, and your advantage at the tight end position uh, allows you to do that and, and have success. You just really the, – the whole gamble here is to avoid having those guys get injured uh, for significant weeks. You know, they're out significant parts of the season. So that's nice kind of to see that Zach Ertz. I was just going to say when you talk about Zach Ertz, Dallas, it's nice to see him because because the big knock on him was he could only play good the last three or four weeks of the season. He gets off to these slow starts. He's playing right now like he has been playing at the end of 2015, at the end of 2016. If he can keep it up for an entire season, all of a sudden we're talking about him maybe having a top three tight end season. And when you already have Gronk, when you already have Jordan Reed, if Reed could stay healthy for 12 or 13 games, now you got a team, as George Costanza would say in Seinfeld. This is, uh, this is, and we all saw what could happen when these guys are, are clicking and healthy. 238 this past week for you in the FPC. So certainly it's not just the tight ends. It's the overall roster that you have going. As long as we're talking about Reed, um, we – we saw Washington kind of struggle a little bit out of the gate uh, the first two weeks of the season. It looks like they got right a little bit uh, at home on Monday night against the Raiders this past week. You obviously, you know, loading up with Jordan Reed, with Jameson Crowder, with Kirk Cousins all on this team, you had to expect big things from Washington. Is what we saw in Oakland on, or against Oakland on Monday night, is this what we're going to see? Is, is everybody on track, ready to go now, and we're going to see Cousins, Reed, Crowder put up big games uh, from here on out? Boy, I sure hope so. Um, I just, you know, I really enjoy uh, how Gruden calls the game. I think he's aggressive. I think he wants to throw the ball more than run it. I don't think their roster is really built um, to run the ball all that all that well. I was drinking the Crowder Kool-Aid. That's what's funny is I probably reached on this team with Jamison Crowder. I believe I took him in the fourth round and um, just felt like he was going to have a big season, and he's off to a, a slow start. Um when you look at their schedule, you know, I don't I don't see big things happening Monday night at Arrowhead. But after that, it's kind of hit and miss. So um, I think they're going to rebound a little bit. They may get Josh Thompson involved, and I think that may help if he steps in for prior. And then um, 
you know, weeks nine and ten, they have some tough matchups at Seattle, and then they get Xavier Rhodes in Minnesota. But after that, um, it really opens up for them. So I, I think with Gruden's uh, aggressive play calling and some of the talent, I just think they've got too much talent in the receiving core for those numbers not to pop uh, the rest of the way. So you said um, that you're willing to take injury-prone tight ends. Are you willing to take the injury pronest of all? <laughs> Tyler, piece of crap, I first. Does he, does he expected to miss several weeks. He's, he's the movie Unbreakable. He's Samuel L. Jackson. He's Mr. Glass. He is Mr. Glass. Uh, who do you think the biggest, first of all, are you going to draft never again? I don't, you didn't draft him necessarily this year. But who's the biggest fantasy beneficiary for the Bengals now that Eifert's out yet again? I heard a good good line about Eifert on the radio the other day. You can't spell Eifert without IR. I don't know that I've ever owned the guy. <laughs> um, uh, but, again, Lubbock, being here in Lubbock, Texas, we're home of Texas Tech University in the Big 12, which also uh, has OU come in every other year. I think Joe Mixon is fixing to uh, really – up some nice numbers with the new offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. He ran all over uh, the Red Raiders here in Lubbock, and I think he's fixing to do that. Um, he, the guy's just really talented. You know, he had that blemish. We kind of saw him fall in the draft, but I really think with that behind him, he uh, he may outshine the rest of the rookies um, here before too long. Yeah, the thing is with Mixon, it, it, the talent is there. All he needs is is like just it's a. Coach, not to give carries to the other guys. Well, but I think we already saw against Green Bay with the new offensive coordinator Bernard. I think had like seven snaps. Jeremy right. Hill was non-existent, so I think they're like the light. The, the proverbial light bulb is officially on in Cincinnati now right, when it comes right. to Mixon. I just think they need just a semi-decent offensive line. Just give him a little bit of a crease to run through so he's not getting slammed uh, right at the line of scrimmage. And obviously you would, you would have thought that Eifert would help uh, take some pressure off of uh, Mixon facing these eight-man boxes. Now that kind of falls on, on A.J. Green. But I'm with you. I, you know, I, I think Mixon, it's all there. He just needs to, to make the plays and be given a little bit of an opportunity to do so. Uh, let's uh, keep talking about running backs here, Dallas, as, as we're talking with Dallas Grimes, the uh, Football Guys Players Championship leader going into week here. Wendell Smallwood was a hot name uh, off the waiver wire in the leagues that he was still available in, which wasn't a ton. But now all of a sudden we're talking about potentially starting him as a flex uh, in this suddenly high-powered Philadelphia offense that has been clicking very well. Darren Sproles breaks his arm, tears his ACL on the same play. I feel like I've done that with some injuries in my past before. When it rains, it pours. Uh, And it certainly is pouring for Darren Sproles right now. But the opportunity is there for Smallwood. So you look at him, Dallas, how big of an impact do you think he makes not only on the Eagles offense, but in fantasy lineups here going forward? Well, you know, it's kind of a wait and see approach. I think Smallwood uh, just on the eyeball test, he, he sticks out as the guy to have. I thought this summer he, he eventually would take the job. Um, LeGarrette Blunt though, will get the red zone carry. So that causes some pause. Um, I was really fired up about Smallwood earlier in the week, and then they signed Ken John Barner, who has been with them before, and that just makes you wonder, will he have a role somewhat in the passing game? Smallwood's not the biggest guy in the world, um, but uh, he kind of strikes me for a team that maybe went zero wide receiver, I'm sorry, zero running back, or maybe has a, an injury and is looking for some depth. I think you would want to spend a significant portion of your fab budget on him. Uh, again, the Eagles like to throw the ball uh, quite a bit. I think he, he'll pick up the receptions. Um, I could see him 50 to 75 yards in total yards every week. Uh, you just got to resign yourself to maybe the fact that 
Blunt uh, gets the one-yard dive once Smallwood takes it all the way down the field. But I think for people that are hurting at running back, uh, this is somebody to really look at with your fat budget. We got a question from uh, the chat room here for you, Dallas. Uh, starter sit question this week. Uh, Mint Montana needs to pick between Jameis Winston and uh, Trevor Simeon as his QB this week. Uh, Winston is at home against the Giants. Simeon also at home against the Oakland Raiders. If you had to pick one of those guys here in week four, which, uh, which guy are you placing your chips on between Simeon and Winston this week? Yeah, in my other leagues, I picked up Simeon. I, just watching him play, I, I think the, the guy, he just looks like a totally different player. He's got two, two, three good wide receivers that are going to get him or he'll get the ball to and take care of him. Uh, boy, that Oakland defense is somebody that I definitely want to go after uh, with my players. So I, I would lean towards uh, Simeon quite a bit. Plus, the Giants defense, um, I think they could present some problems to Winston. So I really like Simeon, and I, I do believe in the bounce-back games. You know, Simeon had a rough one up in Buffalo last weekend. So uh, for me, I, I'm going Simeon uh, really pretty pretty heavily on that deal over Winston. Uh, for what it's worth, Dave, I would agree. I would start Simeon over Winston this week. I feel a little safer with him, yeah. You, you know, it's funny, just real quick. I only own both of those guys in one league, and it's the Scott Fishbowl where I'm starting both of them because of the, the ah, quarterback flex. Yeah, nice, yeah. interesting. Anyway, go ahead. So, um, how are you doing with your free agent budget? Balky and I were talking about how we generally blow ours in September, and then most, more specifically, with the uh, the, the big team, the team in first place. How many uh, dollars do you have left in that one? Uh, I haven't checked this last one. It just ran. I think I'm sitting about eight hundred eighty dollars. Uh, I'm off to oh, a good start. I'm probably you're rich. Pretty pretty conservative with that team just to see how it plays out. Uh, you know, I think to some extent it's what your record is. Um, like you, like y'all alluded to, about a third of the way through the season, um, you get off to a bad start. It could be hard to get uh, catch up before. You really need to be caught up by Halloween or it may be over. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, but really, I've just learned, you know, let, let other guys spend the money early. And then late in those weeks later on, you may, may be in a bind with bye weeks that are coming up or injuries. So you really want to hold on to your money uh, to really get in here in the next couple weeks. Um, so, again, it kind of depends on injuries and where you sit on the standings. But if you, if you start fast, I, I really think it's to hold off and not spend all those dollars uh, until you really need them. Same I agree with that, Balky, because especially – you have any, any money from the playoffs, like you yep, were just saying. Exactly. It's such an advantage, especially in the FFPC, the way it's set up. Like, you, all of a sudden, you're, you're bidding against a third of, of what you've been bidding against all season long. And which, one guy always forgets out of the four. Sometimes more than one. Sometimes three or four. I've, sometimes all four forget. Yeah, I've never seen all four remember. There's I'll tell you that. Food, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, so don't be that guy uh, when you make uh, the playoffs. One thing on the fast budget that I really feel like I've got better at is uh, trying to look two or three weeks down the road and looking up, looking at some matchups. If you have one or two spots at the bottom of your roster that you're able to basically use as your streaming positions, I really try to look two or three weeks down the road and pick up a defense or quarterback, you know, just for a couple bucks. And, and I think that's a way to save some money, um, but also get nice matchups for you um, as the season progresses. 
That's a great point, Dallas, and that's something that I think I, I that is that's I mean, listen, there's too many weaknesses I have when it comes to fantasy football to list them all on this show. We just don't have enough time. But one of them is me not being able to look ahead two or three weeks. You know, I can look ahead of this week and, and maybe next week, but that's one of the things I've always struggled with. And just to promote one You're of our busy. One, promote one of our partners here, Dave, at footballguys.com, Sigmund Bloom does a great article every week about looking forward with defenses. So if you're looking to stream defenses, if you're looking to acquire guys um, before, you know, they have that hot matchup, uh, great article on footballguys.com that you can check out every week that's updated by Mr. Sigmund Bloom, who actually is uh, doing very well in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's Challenge. Not as well as Dallas Grimes, who is our guest here tonight, leading the Football Guys Players Championship going into week four. Dallas, we know you've, uh, you've won multiple Football Guys Players Championship leagues before. We know you are coming off an FFPC main event league championship from last year. If you were to say what your best win in fantasy is and, and then your worst beat or your worst loss, what were those, what would those two be? Well, I'm going to go away from my, my high stakes leagues and talk about my local league for, for a little bit, how we got started. I've been playing fantasy football since the late nineties uh, with some high school buddies and we played through college and into our professional careers <laughs> It's a good group. We've been able to keep nearly everybody together. We draft up at uh, Texas Tech's home stadium every year, and um, won it a couple times. But um, my, probably my biggest win would be in my home league. Uh, one of my better rivals, Donnie Hart, um, former receiver for the Red Raiders, uh, had me down. Nice. Was, believe it or not, it was week 15 of 2011, and I was left with Greg Little, who at the time played for the Browns. And it was a late or a 3 o'clock game here in Texas. And uh, he catches a 76-yard pass from Seneca Wallace that puts me over the top. So to win it or to beat your rival in advance of the championship, which I later won, with Seneca Wallace completing a pass to Greg Little was uh, pretty sweet because <laughs> I'd just about given up. Greg Little. Greg Little, man, making dreams possible. Man, he was 6'3", he sucked. He finished with five catches for 131, and I think that's about half of his career stats. So. <laughs> yeah, that's his best game ever by far. Yeah. Wow, you were very, very smart. Greg Little, big expectations, small performance. <laughs> but it worked out for you. That, that's awesome. Do you have any – Do you, Dallas, do you have any, like, bad beat stories of, like, a terrible weight, like, a, a, like when you were on the losing end of one of those Greg Little stories? Okay, same league, but let's go back to 2001. And I ended the championship, and it's on Monday Night Football, back when it was on ABC, and we're all at our local sports bar, and a good part of the league was there to watch the championship game. And I am playing. Uh, oh, the guy had the the guy had the Ravens defense, and so it comes down to two minute warning. I'm ahead as long as he doesn't get a pick six or a, a fumble and scoops it and runs it. I'm good. I've won the championship, and the Vikings quarterback and. His late in the season, obviously being the week 16, was Spurgeon win, infamous Spurgeon win. Uh, basically gets sacked. Uh, Jamie Sharper from the Ravens scoops up the fumble, and they they return it for a touchdown. And I, you know, I think the worst part was it was within the two-minute warning. I thought I'd had it. And to sit there in front of everybody and watch that happen, you know, everybody was just afraid to – even look at me at that point, but Spurgeon, <laughs> Spurgeon win is not a name I really enjoy saying. So, <laughs> and, and for everybody listening with tonight, Spurgeon win and Greg Little. Sorry, but yeah, <laughs> it's I, funny how I, I was just gonna say, 
You proved that you played it a long time. It, it, well, not only that, but I was anybody who tuned in tonight that thought they weren't going to hear any Greg Little or Spurgeon win, you are sorely, sorely, <laughs> sorely mistaken because we got both of them tonight. That's awesome, Dallas. Bring it, bring it back to um to uh, current day, back up to 2017. Uh, Orland Darkwa is on this dominant roster. Uh, right now uh, for you in the FPC. The Giants got their air attack going against Philly. Obviously, Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, Beckham, they all had very good games. Eli Manning threw for 300-plus. Ground game, not so much. When does it start clicking for New York? And when it does, is Dark with a guy you want to own? You know, the Jets are getting all the flack in New York, but I I think the Giants are the worst team. Uh, They're in the Big Apple. Um, I don't think the ground game gets current guys that got Paul Perkins just does it fast by all fast. A uh, buddy of mine, Kyle Pitts, going Wayne uh, Gallman. He's he's been on him since the summer. I'm curious to see what happens this weekend. And in all my leagues where Gallman was available, we're we're screwing him up. So uh, probably a little biased here, but I just feel like uh, Gallman's worth a gamble. I, I think he may emerge as the guy. I well, the other thing to keep in mind, too. Sorry, fourth-round rookie out of Clemson, so I, I think they might give him a chance. I think that the other thing to keep in mind, too, is, like, we kind of know what Vereen is. We kind of know what Perkins is. Uh, we kind of know what Darkwa is, quite frankly. The guy that we're not really sure of is Gallman, and this is the unknown. Uh, and usually, uh, in fantasy, you're better off going with the unknown rather than the proven guy when you're talking about a flyer off the waiver wire. Put a little, you know, a little cold water on it, though. He has been inactive because the coach has pretty much said he's just not ready to play. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good investment. <laughs> I'm saying that if I have to make the investment, I could certainly couple, spend... Couple bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we have in the chat room tonight, Billy Joe 166 said he picked up Wayne Gallman for 2 bucks tonight in, in the FFPC uh, waiver wire, which, by the way, how, did that, how, did that, how do we know the results of that already? I don't know. I, don't, I think he maybe means he's trying. Oh, he's trying to. Okay, all right. But the bids are locked, I, I mean, at this point. Well, I yeah. guess they're not. They're, they're, yeah, they're no, locked. they are. They locked a half hour ago. Yeah. And okay. They, don't, they usually don't process quite that quickly. I was going to say, this is like... Our server upgrades are coming, but they're not in yet. Yeah. Well, it's coming. Um, so, uh, you know, so are these the emails that I'm about to read here to Dallas. The Giants, I think Ben Beckham's first coach fired, and, uh, you know, with... with Beckham doing his antics. I can see him being suspended or, or suffering an injury. Brandon Marshall looks washed up. I just think they turn it over to all these young guys. Gallman, uh, Evan Ingram. I think Sterling Shepard emerges. Um, I, I just think he could be ugly in New York with the G-men. So that's why we're saying going with the young guys. Yeah, they, they seem like they are in a bit of a transition right now. We, you know, with Eli Manning getting older, we could be talking about one of these, you know, stud quarterbacks that are supposed to be going in the first round of the NFL draft, potentially going to New York and being Eli Manning's replacement. Maybe in 2019, he's ready to take over, and, and we're witnessing the penultimate year of Eli Manning in a New York Giants uniform. Dallas, let's get to a couple of emails uh, for you. First one's from Bob in Dulzura, California. He says, hi, Dallas. If Will Fuller returns this week, is he a top 40 option at wideout, and how does he change the value of DeAndre Hopkins and Ryan Griffin? That is Bob in Dulzura, California. Will Fuller, the last time I checked, I think he actually is expected to make his return. I don't know uh, if you have strong feelings uh, for Will Fuller right away in his first game back or at all, but what are your thoughts, uh, Dallas, here, not only on Fuller, but uh, his impact on his teammates there? Oh, I think he's he's just kind of a dark throw. I think he's Ted Yen or Marquise Goodwin. Uh, he can run, you know, with the best of them. He's going to be wide open, but whether he catches it or not, it's a different 
different things. Uh, Bill O'Brien, to me, is a pretty conservative play caller. I think they're going to run the ball quite a bit. Uh, I think Watson will do a lot with his legs and then check it down some to, to Griffin. Um, I think any of the design throws are going to go mainly to, obviously, to Nuke. I, I think Fuller is is an all-or-nothing just swing for the fences, but um, not really investing a whole lot. Just really, really offensive philosophy concerns me. Uh, second email I have for you here. This is from Jeff in Salt Lake City, Utah. He says, what's up, man? Have an SOS for you at tight end this week. Would you roll with Jason Witten at home against the Rams or Kyle Rudolph hosting the Lions? That is Jeff in Salt Lake City, Utah. Jeff, thank you for the email. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, Dallas, what do you think? Uh, is Witten in Dallas uh, going to be the play against the Rams or would you rather start Kyle Rudolph in that uh, NFC North matchup against Detroit? I would lean towards Witten. He had a he had a down game uh, last week over in uh, Arizona, and I, again I, I do believe in the bounce back. I think Witten gets gets more involved. For for what it's worth, though, I think Rudolph. I think they're pretty pretty equal uh, as far as choices. But I would lean towards Witten. Witten, it is uh, Dallas. You have been very gracious. Uh, with your time tonight. I certainly appreciate it. Before uh, we let you go for the evening and let you get back to uh, enjoying seeing yourself uh, at the top of the leaderboard here in the FPC, uh, let's uh, give us a stud tonight uh, that you're going to think about benching in week four, a guy that you're not too sure uh, is going to put up the points that would make him uh, a worthy starter this week. And then a guy that uh, might find his way into your lineups that's a sleeper, a guy that a lot of people will not be starting that you think is being undervalued uh, and should be started in a lot of lineups this week. Okay, um, as far as far as the studs to bench, you know, I would stay away from all the Raiders, uh, maybe outside of Jared Cook. I think that Denver defense is, is going to shut down their aerial attack uh, for another week. Also, two more wide receivers that I'm, I'm shying away from are Pierre Garçon with Patrick Peterson. Uh, you don't want any part of that. And then Doug Baldwin. Uh, I think the Seahawks blow out the Colts. Baldwin's banged up, and uh, I think they should beat should beat the Colts uh, without, you know, utilizing him too much. As far as a sleeper, um, same game, that Seattle game. I, I think this is Chris Carson's coming out party. I think they're going to hammer the running game, and uh, the Colts will budge. Uh, but I, I think Carson has multiple touchdowns this week. Um, one one other name that I really like is, is Marquise. I think they're going to take some shots. Uh, back to that Will Fuller question, I think I'd rather roll with Goodwin because Shanahan is going to test uh, those corners opposite Patrick Peterson. Um, and then one name I'm really watching is Bilal Powell. If he doesn't do it this week, it's time to uh, cut him loose. Um, and, and one sleeper, one more sleeper if I could, is it, uh, boy Elijah McGuire seems to be getting more and more time in the Jets offense. So I'm really going to be curious as to how those guys are utilized without Matt Forte. I cannot see a future New York Jets team that has Matt Forte in their plans, that has Bilal Powell in their in their plans. I do see one where Elijah McGuire might be in their plans. So it would, back up to whoever they draft. It would, it would certainly behoove them to uh, to get to see what they got in him. So I like the McGuire pick. A lot of good uh, thoughts there. I really appreciate all the, the sleepers this week. Uh, and really appreciate you coming on the show, Dallas. This was uh, a lot of fun having you on. I'm going to let you get back. 
to the uh, to the Friday Night Lights there in Texas and 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 watch the uh, the football team here that that you were so gracious enough to step away from uh, to talk to us tonight. Best of luck the rest of the way in the FPC and in all your leagues. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll end up talking to you uh, again at the end of the season if you're able to maintain this lead. That sounds like a deal to me. I would gladly come back, and I just appreciate what y'all do for us and, and giving us, uh, letting us enjoy this hobby. So thanks. Thank you, Dallas Grimes. Really appreciate it. Uh, leading the FPC, heading into week four, and uh, you know, once again, breaking the HSFFR jinx. This is a massive team. Two hundred thirty-eight points in week three, Dave. Holy cow! Yeah, two thirty-eight. We didn't even say who was on. Well, we we talked about um you know Gronk no and not Eifert is not on crappy guys no it's not we didn't even talk about his team Gronk Reed Ertz are uh, the main culprits Kareem Hunt is on this team too yeah I suppose Kareem Hunt on every team that's in the top ten you know I I do the I do the FFPC uh, email every week and, and sort of kind of recap all the stuff we have going on with with some ancillary leagues I try to update one of those every week to kind of give everybody a, a sense of of what's going on but I try to concentrate on the top teams in each, the main event and the FPC, and, and concentrate on what they did. And uh, I can tell you that Casey Deacons, which is Dallas Grimes' team, had um, um, Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt, Larry Fitzgerald, Kirk Cousins, Rob Gronkowski, Zach Ertz, Pierre Garçon, all go off this week. All had more than 20 points. That's right. Of course, the, yeah, the Gurley, Garçon. Yeah, great. Good for him. Gurley, think, think about this, though. Think about this. Gurley and Hunt as your two running backs – and then you have the, those three tight ends, Gronk, Reed, yeah. and Ertz, in a tight end three-man format. It's tough to have done that after the, the – he must have drafted early, like Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that's good for him. But, I mean, just think about that roster now. And then you yeah. have you well, have old reliable Fitz and even older reliable Pierre Garçon. Yeah. Actually, I think Fitz is older. But still, a lot of potential on Garcon this team. Garçon looked really good on Thursday. I was impressed. I couldn't believe that, that stat they put up was about – uh, last, last Thursday. Not, not yesterday, yeah, but last Thursday. I where it wasn't yesterday. Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe they put up that stat. Like he he had like one drop last year at you know minimum eighty targets or whatever it was. He yeah. had one drop all season. Wow, it's insane. They need to check that guy's gloves. I'll just say that right now. Pierre Garcon cannot be that He's good. Pine tar. He might. I don't know. Uh, let's speaking of Thursday night football, Dave. Let's talk about what happened in the Packers Bears game last yes, the night. The Packers won by a ton, and everyone got injured on the Packers. Yeah. Um, which would seem to be contradictory statements, but not when you're playing uh, the formidable Mike Glennon-led offense of the Chicago Bears. It's weird that that Glennon experiment's not working out. I mean, we really thought it – oh, we didn't think it would. John Fox, I think, still still thinks it might. Morons. I can't believe they paid him that much money. Ian Rappaport let's, – let, let's break this down. Ian Rappaport initially reported that Ty Montgomery uh, broke some ribs in last night's game. He was in a lot of pain after he got hit on the sideline there. Uh, broken ribs, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, all within the normal wheelhouse. Uh, and Montgomery was obviously uh, leading the NFL coming into this game in snaps for running backs. Uh, Jamal Williams comes in and takes over after that. We'll get to him in a second. Then we get a report tonight. He's day-to-day. Might actually end up playing a lot of snaps against Dallas. Injury not as bad as it's feared. I don't know if he had an x-ray, and they're like, wow, hey, there's nothing cracked here. You are just a wuss, and you need to tough this out. I don't know what it is. But certainly, good news for Montgomery owners. You might even be able to play him next week. That is great news. And in especially a, if you, especially if you're, if you had backed him up with Jamal Williams, who then gets the biggest wimp award and gets hurt, like what on a second carry or whatever. It was uh, no, so it wasn't a second. Had, Jones would have emerged as the new guy. Right. Okay. So Jamal Williams comes in. His MRI comes back negative. He has a knee strain. 
Uh, not a long-term injury. Strain? But yes, not but he sprain. or a sprain. I don't know what it was. Well, there but was a substantial. All that we care about is it's, it's, it's probably going to be a few weeks before right. Jamal Williams gets back. Okay. Um, now Schefter, Adam Schefter, said that Williams might miss the Cowboys game, but not more. Now I'm not sure how you know that. How you know he's not going to play coming off the mini buy, but he's he's going to play the week after that. That yeah. seems a little bizarre to me. Whatever. What are you doing with Jamal Williams if you own him right now? Because Montgomery, we, we, we think he's going to play against Dallas. We don't know. Williams is probably not going to play against Dallas. And Aaron Jones has the opportunity to usurp him on the depth chart this week. He could even, I mean, they were talking about Jones even taking out Montgomery, which I, it's kind of a little hard to believe. But, you know, Montgomery's not averaging like a zillion yards to carry. No. Um, Williams, I would look at cutting if, I didn't, if he was like the worst guy on my roster. I would consider to cut him. It's tough because you get super excited, not that we're rooting for injuries, but you get super excited and like, oh, that really sucks about Montgomery. But, hey, I got Williams on these rosters. And then he goes down, and yep. now you don't know if he's the guy behind the guy or the guy behind the guy behind the guy. You know, it's one of those things where it's just I'm, I own him in one league. And it would have been more, but remember we had Matt Kelly on and said, don't draft Jamal Williams. Don't draft any running backs with last name Williams. They're all terrible. Um, and I ended up taking him in one league just, just to kind of hedge a little bit. I, I'm going to do whatever I can to keep him on that roster, but he might be one of these guys that just goes by the wayside. And we're talking about at the end of the season, Montgomery is the starter and Aaron Jones is the handcuff there. That's, that's certainly a real possibility. You, if I remember correctly, actually like Jones more so than Jamal Williams uh, after the Packers had uh, had added both of them onto he's their a, team. He was a far superior athlete, Aaron Jones was. Put up much better measurables at the Combine. Yeah, I mean, not that it's all about measurables, but, I mean, I don't know, Williams is, Williams is I mean, they're really not good. They, they were very bad, very bad. They say he's a great instinctual, instinctive running back and this and that, but I just didn't seem like he even had NFL caliber traits. Well, if your instincts is to crack into uh, your offensive lineman, then you are right. And then get hurt. You know, the thing is, the Packers are down to their sixth and seventh tackles last night, so I don't want to put this all on the running backs. Uh, no, because it should be on the trainer who can't keep his people healthy. Now, there's something to be said for that, I mean, too. seriously, how yeah. hard is it to keep guys healthy? Well, it, I'm these, sorry, I'm kind of complaining tonight. I feel like I'm complaining. These guys are flying at speeds of like well over a thousand miles an hour at, at each other. So I, I get, corners. I get why uh, you know why it's a it's a violent sport and people get hurt. But right. yeah, I mean, I feel like we've talked about the Packers being really hit hard by injuries before, and and here we are again, where they're getting hit they hard. Do some stretching and yoga, and they'll be much better off. What is you know our very own Chris Lambert? What's the what's the yoga she's always talking about? I feel like either Bikram or Bikram, Bikram whatever it is. Bikram, yeah, she's talking about how Bikram yoga yeah, has just yes, yes. changed her life. The hot yoga, blah blah blah. It's got to be super hot, this or that. Yes, Chris. This we is, hear you. We hear you. You're the best. Now, Chris, Chris is great. By the way, she is great, and we need to get her in touch with the Green Bay Packers medical staff so we can get this Bikram yoga thing. There is no Bikram yoga in Appleton area. Well, maybe there it's should a, be in the Green Bay area. It's to like big cities if they don't have a Bikram guy. They, 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 need, they need something in Green Bay. Something's got to change <laughs> for fantasy purposes, not yeah. even because I'm a Packers fan. Should, they should. Uh, let's briefly talk about Aaron Jones here because he was the guy who came in and stepped in. 13 carries, 49 yards. He gets the touchdown as well uh, after Montgomery and Williams goes down. Aaron Orkowski uh, got a few carries in there as well. Um, if If – Montgomery and Williams are both out uh, against Dallas in week five. I have no problem sticking in Aaron Jones and expecting top 20 numbers. Yeah, I would think so too, actually. I think he would have a fine game. Top 20 running back numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. All you have to do is beat out 12 other teams' running backs and uh, the combo of Abdullah and Riddick. My concern, and this is where you have to be careful here as FFPC owners, my concern is that he is probably not rostered in a ton of leagues right now. 
So he is going to be a very trendy waiver wire pickup as the possible starter uh, for an elite offense. But, I mean, how much are you going to invest in a guy that might only have, like, one good week? You know what I mean? Well, there's going to be a lot more news by next Wednesday evening when, when, that, when those waiver moves are going to get entered and processed. So I think we'll just see what happens at that point. We will see what happens, but certainly uh, something that all fantasy owners need to keep an eye on uh, right now because it's, uh, it's a big thing. Let's uh, go back to the uh, chat room, Billy Joe 166 start or sit. He has an opportunity here to play Alex Collins, Dave. Who He's is... talking about picking him up. Oh, picking him up. Oh, okay. Uh, I hope it's not an SOS. <laughs> you never know. Oh, yeah, DeAndre Washington. Well, what guy would you rather have in your roster between Collins and Washington right now? Probably Collins. I just am not that big of a Washington guy. I think so, too. And it seems like the Oakland... Kind of as a flyer, though. The, totally. Both guys as a flyer. It seems like the Oakland handcuff to Marshawn Lynch seems to change every week. Like, it looked like it was Washington. Then it looked like it was a shard. Now it looks like it's Washington again. The thing to keep in mind with Baltimore. Terrence West, not a okay, very this start. not a very good player. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll answer this question, then we'll do the start um, after this. Um, not a very good football player. Underwhelming numbers against Jacksonville in London last week. Loses the fumble, doesn't come back in, and then Alex Collins picks up nine carries for 86 yards after that. Um, in garbage time when they were getting smoked. But still, still happened. <laughs> these, these are the facts, okay? So when, so when the white guys come in and, and the NBA team is down like 40 points, you know, the Jim McElveen's I don't, world I don't, in I don't know what you're talking about. And, and actually get some playing time. First of all, McElveen <laughs> never came off the bench because he was making too much money to come off the bench. Like, he had, he was being paid like a starter. Tenth guy the, anyway, go ahead. Okay. My point has been made without even having to say that's, it. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I would rather, if I had opportunity between the two, I think there's a little bit more clarity. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think there's a little bit more clarity with Collins than Washington. I would rather have Alex Collins. I mean, if we're talking about the start, I, I might like Washington better because he actually is going to get carries, right? Um, you would think. It's, it seems like they're, they're kind of splitting that backfield up, um, the, the touches up e- almost evenly, one-third, one-third, one-third. I don't have the numbers I know Marshawn gets a quarter off every game. Maybe. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so, I mean, if you need to start somebody this week, Washington is probably the – I mean, who, who do you think has more touches this week, Collins or Washington? I would that, think Washington. I would think so too, and I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, if you're just – Looking for someone to, to pick up, then I would probably look at Collins because he's more has a higher upside. For what it's worth, Baltimore. I mean, neither these totals in both these games this week are very low. Baltimore is playing this slobber knocker Pittsburgh game that they do twice a year. You know, the final of that game is going to be like sixteen thirteen or something like that. Sometimes they're not sixteen thirteen. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're like thirty five, thirty three, thirty four. I don't I don't envision that happening this week. Actually, you want to take a guess at what the total is? Uh, I, I don't even know what it is. I thought it was a lower one. I would say I 44. It. 42 right All now. Right. So fairly low. The, the other one, that Oakland game, uh, they are at Denver. Now, that's a 46 game. Yeah, thanks for letting me guess. Sorry. But it's on the road. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how much of a game script that Washington is going to have uh, in that game. Although he is kind of a pass catcher. You know what? Play Washington. Let's just move on. <laughs> we'll just right play Washington. Sure. All right. Thanks. You gave him a lot. Good job. Good job. Lucky. You gave him plenty of you know, screen time with that question. And you know what? Billy Joe wants to exist probably like, I, 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 hope, I still have no idea what to do. I hope the rest of your team is excellent. Yeah, it probably is. Because that particular slot, not so good. Thanks to Roto World and Rob for tonight's rundown. Kelvin Benjamin was not listed on the Carolina Panthers' final injury report for their week four game against the New England Patriots. Benjamin actually uh, returned to a full practice yesterday. Has not uh, been very good yet. Neither has his cornerback. Uh, he's in a very good spot this week, Dave. No Greg Olson. Uh, you would think 
Last week would have been the big Benjamin breakout. He goes down early in that game. Doesn't really, you know, get a chance to acquire much stats. You would think like, oh, the New Orleans game, that's where he breaks out. Now, the pass defense has done pretty bad this year. So he is a one of the worst. He has a great shot to, you know, put up like a six for a hundred in a touchdown game here. Yikes, he doesn't do that ever. What? Kelvin Benjamin? Mm-hmm. That, that's. T- I feel like you're baiting me here. I would just like to know how many six. I would like to know how many games Benjamin has with 100 yards or more and a touchdown. Yeah, I don't how know. How many do you think it is? Here? I I don't, say do you know the answer? No, to I don't. I'm yeah. guessing. No, I, I have no idea. Two. Two. No, it's more than two. Maybe three. Three is my guess. It's more than three. In his career, he's he like rookie season. He had a good year, but yeah. How many do you think? I'm guessing more than three. Well, let's look. So I'll look. Right. So four. Uh, sure, four. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't. Go ahead. Keep talking. And I'll right. find out. So. One of the this is a good vamping uh, opportunity for me here too because I I you know I check a lot of content sites um, throughout the week, football guys, draft sharks, player profiler, rotoviz, a lot of great ones out there, and seeing some of the analysis of Kelvin Benjamin this week, it was kind of all over the place. Like I see some websites and, and I can't remember which ones was which, uh, but some are like you know we like him as a top twenty play this week. We we like him as a guy to put up top fifteen numbers. And then other ones like, yep, he's uh he's not on the injury report. He's ready to go, and uh, we think he's a WR four or a top fifty receiver. You know what I mean? So like everybody kind of likes him, but it is a definite varying degree of of liking and not liking. So I own Benjamin in one league. I actually had him benched um, when I set my lineup before the Thursday game. Uh, he had, he was on my bench. I'm sure I'll start him now because my other option is probably not very good. My other option is probably like John Brown or something like that. Um, I actually had Devin Funches in a lineup when I thought Benjamin was going to miss. I'm actually going to be taking Funches out despite the poor New England pass defense. Uh, I'm going to be taking Funches out and uh, putting somebody else in. So and I, again, I don't know who it is. Nobody cares uh, about my team, so I'm going to stop talking about it. But that's what I would be doing with Benjamin and Funches. Have you made any headway on I, I, figuring this out? I couldn't find out? him. In, I couldn't find couldn't him. Find him in the database. In He's the, that bad. In the character, Kelvin Benjamin, not even listed on the internet. I, I'm working on. It. <laughs> you can you just search um, do Kelvin Benjamin NFL game logs or something like that, or go to Pro work, Football Reference. I'm working on football. Reference or whatever. You got it. Yeah, I have to go through multiple years. Of oh, okay. Oh, you, should, you should only uh, have to go through one year to figure out he had more, more than three, Dave. All right, so in 2017-0, 2016, he had one. Okay. Seven for 108 and two touchdowns. 15, he had none, obviously. Two. Yep, so we have for the – oops. Two in 2014. Yep, getting there. All right. Okay, there's one, two, two. So three total. Three total. And you know what? This is probably the worst defense he's ever faced in his career. So you know he's going to do it again. Kelvin Benjamin, baby. He's going to do it this week. Living large. Moving on. Seahawks coach Pete Carroll says he doesn't expect to know uh, Doug Baldwin's status until Sunday. His groin status. His groin status. Brady uh, Henderson on Twitter is, uh, we can thank for uh, this update. Uh, He's a game-time decision. Baldwin plans on playing. He said it all week. However, did not practice at all this week. Yikes. Uh. That is not good. And to make things worse, to give you another gut punch, Seattle plays Sunday night. It's always that way, isn't it? To make it even worse, they're playing Indianapolis, a team that they probably don't need Baldwin to beat. Uh, Baldwin, I think you, you – unless – I mean, I'm trying to think of other options. Like, if you have Moncrief, sure, put Baldwin in. If he, didn't, if he didn't practice Friday, do not play. Okay. Even though he says he's going to play. Even Doug Baldwin went to Stanford. He he's a, a stand-up gentleman. He is, and he's a gamer, too. Yeah. I, I, he's the person I would really – if he partially practiced Friday, I would think he would play, but 
I don't think so. Not worth it. Not worth waiting around. They're 13 point favorites. Why, is, would, they, why would they play him against? God, against, is it 13? Against these retreads. Wow, yeah. that I'm, is I'm bad. I'm taking them too. Oh, in your Superbook yeah. contest or whatever? Yeah, I was actually going to take Carolina plus nine, but then I realized one of the other guys on our five-man squad already took New England. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Maselli. Yeah. Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> uh, that's great stuff. Uh, let's move on. ESPN's Rich Semini believes the Jets will lean heavily on Bilal Powell if Matt Forte is forced to miss week four. Uh, breaking news update, Forte is out for week four. So Simini uh, believes that Jets, or Simini, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Who uh, cares? The Jets, terrible. The Jets, uh, uh, he expects the Jets to be utilizing Bilal Powell quite a bit this week. Only 18 touches over the first two weeks for Bilal, but last week 15 carries against the Dolphins, and that was the game where Matt Forte went down with this uh, turf toe injury. This is not a great matchup uh, for Bilal Powell. Elijah McGuire, obviously, Still going to be uh, farting around in that backfield, getting stuff done. You look at Bilal Powell this week, Dave. I own, uh, only own him on one league. In one league, I'm actually playing Marshawn Lynch in front of him. No, that's uh, smart. For I mean, and I don't really have like. They're going to score points, actually, unlike the Jets. Lynch. Yeah. I don't know about that. I'm, the Raiders will score points. Eh, against Denver. Yes, the Jets aren't. What are they going to get like six? Jets haven't been terrible this year. We we just heard it's from Dallas Drives. He's like saying they're they're the best team in New York right now. Ahead of the Giants. Well, they're not the worst. And that might be saying a lot. So, Bilal Powell this week. They're not worse. They're not worse than. They can't be the worst if there's only two teams. I I don't know how (laughs) official any of these rankings are. (laughs) Anyway. So, Bilal Powell this week. Top 20 running back for you? No. Top 30 running back for you? I guess. So would you flex him out, like, as your second flex in the FFPC if, if you didn't have, like, uh, excitable options? Yes. Council is being the witness, but yes. <laughs> uh, I did not hear an objection. <laughs> you know what? I got no more use for this guy. <laughs> Moving nice on. Nice job, Vinny. Yeah. I like that. I want, let's get into the conspiracy. Um, what, what do they call it? Conspiracy theory? Yes. Let's get into the conspiracy theory portion of the show tonight. Except for the flat earth, that is actually true. Adrian Peterson is not listed on the Saints' final week four injury report. Now, there were uh, some, stuff, some stuff from beat writers on Twitter saying Peterson actually hurt his knee in practice earlier this week, uh, but he returned to full practice on Friday. He's probably going to get some carries, maybe in the double-digit neighborhood. Probably not do anything with him. That's what his MO has been uh, this season in New Orleans. Glare at the coach a little bit. Here's my conspiracy theory. Yes. He hurts his knee, right? Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, hurts his knee. Okay. They just IR him. And then he has this, you know, because it doesn't seem like he's doing anything. It doesn't seem like he's happy. He just wants to get the two million bucks or whatever he got. Paid. And they IR him. And he's like, listen, I could have put up numbers. They wouldn't play me. What, what can you do? Yeah. You know? And so the, and now, and now, because I think he was ticked, mm-hmm. you know? And now all of a sudden, oh, he's practicing in full. He's fine. <laughs> you know, like they, they've smoothed it over. Yeah, I think there yeah. still might. You're saying there was a coach's meeting like Thursday morning or something like that. Uh, no, I just think he like cooled off. Oh, okay. Peterson. Right. Like he's like, no, nah, I, I guess my knee's good. I'll play, I guess, <laughs> you know. Just so saying you faked the knee injury. Yeah, just like, I yeah, like that. I like put, that. put me on IR because obviously you don't want me here. Yeah. You know, you I don't like want to use me. I don't want to play for you. Yeah, I think, and I, I don't think we've heard the last of this. That's my conspiracy theory right. about Adrian Peterson. Give him a switch. Kenny Stills, questionable for uh, this week against his old team, Dave, the New Orleans Saints and Jolly Old London, uh, which, by the way, 9.30 a.m. kickoff on Sunday. Get those lineups in early. Thanks, Goodall. Kenny Stills is an interesting guy because uh, 
th- this could be a, a game not only, you know, if we go down, take a walk down Narrative Street with me, Dave, here, this could be a big game for Kenny Stills. He's an interesting guy because he's, they paid him a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Leontay Carew is buried on the depth chart there. Terrible, yeah. Um, he, Kenny Stills is like 24, 25 years old. He is not an old man. No, he's not. He's up and coming, and he's playing behind um, – Devontae Parker, who's had those foot issues. I mean, we don't know if those are going to crop up again. And Jarvis Landry, a guy that Miami just does not seem to like much at all. Kenny Stills is an interesting guy to roster can if you can have this space. In week one, or not, excuse me, in week two, their first game. Not last week. He had like four catches for 10 yards or something. It was no. terrible. All right. it, was the, it was the Landry show in week two, and it was the Parker show in week three. And honestly, most of Parker's stuff, it was in garbage time, which I know you think shouldn't count. Well, it should count. Cutler had 44 attempts last week and only got one touchdown. He's not, it was bad. not looking so good. Do you know that that touchdown came as time expired? I heard it was like total garbage time, but I didn't know it was bad. Yeah, as, as the clock read zero when Parker caught that touchdown. Wow. That's the garbage-iest of all garbage. Filthy garbage. <laughs> Let's, um, I think that is all I want to get to for, uh, for Fantasy Flash here. We are... Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. I want uh, to start us with. Cutler against the terrible Saints defense. The or other Alex, guy. Or Alex Smith at home on Monday night. Under the lights, Dave? How yeah. is this even a question for I you? I know, I agree. I, I, I have Alex Smith. He's, uh, he's at least reliable. But, I mean, plus the Saints' pass defense showed some moxie last week. Maybe they, maybe they are. I've said this before. Nobody's ever as bad as they look. Nobody's ever as good as they look. All right. So the Saints obviously weren't as bad as they looked in the first two weeks, and they probably weren't as good as they looked in week three. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like a general like bar rule. I would play Smith. Like picking up people. Smith can throw to electric talents like Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. And he can, but he doesn't Chris really Conley. Much. He averages like 28, <laughs> 28 a game. Yeah. And, well, I mean, and and um, when you complete seventy five percent, who cares? I, I can totally see Cutler disappointing you. You know what I mean? So. Yes, and then smoking a jag on the sidelines. Let's get into some emails here, Dave. Hello, hey Jim and Tony. How awesome is Tony Roman? Did we talk about this on the show? No, we haven't. He is, uh, he's pretty amazing. You know, my personal friend, Brent Musburger, Dave. He actually... <laughs> well, you have, well, he did meet and yeah. hang out with... Hung, hung out with the Bla- in the Bellagio Sports Bellagio Club. Bellagio Sports Club. Yeah. Who else can say that? That's pretty impressive. Not too many people. He, he was called out Tony Romo on this. Is like, he, this is, you know, the, the longer you're away from the game, the harder it is it's going to be to, like, pick these plays or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and, and it's like, it's, it's a gimmick. It's not going to work or whatever. I kind of disagree with that. Musburger. Like, yeah, Musburger did. <laughs> Romo. was like, that's because you can't do it, Musburger. Yeah. And, and uh, did Mus- Musburger did play-by-play, but he did more college. And then he did the NFL Today way yeah. back in the day. But I don't remember him doing play-by-play. Well, I mean, they were, they were running the Veer back when Musburger was around. I mean, the Veer. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's, that's, that's an offense? This is even before my time. That's like a, it's a wishbone-style offense. Okay. Wisconsin ran it at one point. Interesting. The Veer, I'm pretty sure. Anyway. Uh, Tony Romo, awesome, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. awesome. I don't, I don't see offenses changing that much over the next, let's say, decade where he's going to stop people to identify you know, pre, I, pre-snap reads and defenses and so forth. I'm, I think they will evolve. I, some, yeah, but I don't. But to some extent, not to the extent where Romans be like, "Oh my God, what are they doing? What's going on?" Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I have no idea where the pressure is coming from. <laughs> anyway, hey Jim and Tony, what do you guys think of Wendell Smallwood without Darren Sproles for Philly now, Scott and Boulder, Colorado? We talked about with Dallas uh, Grimes about it. We got his input. Um, your thoughts on Smallwood? You and I really didn't give ours. Um, I don't really. I don't know. I, I think he might be okay. I'm not really super excited about Smallwood. I've never. I think. I mean, we. I think you could underestimate Legarrette Blunt a little bit. He's going to get his. He's going to get touchdowns. He's. 
He might get the blunt of the work. Yeah, good one. Thanks. Um, I've never been, when it comes to these pass catching, not that Small was a pass uh, scat back because he's big enough to be a three-down guy, uh, but Blunt will take some first and second down work away from him. He probably will get the goal line work uh, away from Smallwood. But for me, like, if it's a pass-catching running back, I, I tend to not really mind if there is a guy taking goal line from. Maybe maybe that's on me, and I should be worried about that. But I've never – like, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Stewart was a, was a uh, perfect comparison this year. Um, not that I'm comparing Smallwood to McCaffrey. But – I, I didn't really care that McCaffrey probably wouldn't get goal line because I knew he was going to catch a ton of passes. And he caught nine passes in, in one week last week as a running back. He um, sure did. And that's why he is not Wendell Smallwood. No, he but, is I mean, Christian McCaffrey. Right. But so, again, but you had to invest a second-round pick into McCaffrey. You could have got Smallwood off the waiver wire last week. That's because Smallwood's not that good. Right. But that's my point, Dave. I'm not trying to equate, I'm not trying to equate them, um, but I think that there is a, a similarity in the style of play and the numbers that you can expect being – uh, put up, uh, you know, relative to the Philadelphia offense. So you look at uh, Smallwood as a, as a guy I would love to roster right now. I'm probably not playing him until the bye weeks hit, and I need a guy because he's not going to be a top 20 guy for me the rest of the way. Probably not. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> How likely is it that Kareem Hunt starts to break down under his current workload now that we know Reed isn't going to dial it back at all? Is your boy Sharkandrick a must-own? Thank you. That is Christian in Wyndham, New York. Thank you, Christian, for the email. Let's analyze the first question first. Kareem Hunt, rookie, not the biggest guy in the world. Are you worried about the workload? No, not too much. He's got young legs, and he doesn't seem like he gets blasted. He's not a, high, he's not a running back who runs high. Uh, he seems like he's a little bit slippery, and he's evasive. He's, really, he's just really talented that way. So I don't think so. I'm not that terribly concerned about it, no. There was a play in the Chiefs game this past week where Kareem Hunt, like it looked like he was totally going to get leveled, not once but multiple times, like that he had no blockers. And he kind of, he kind of like, this is going to be terrible for radio, but he kind of like moved his body so he wasn't taking a full-on shot from the yeah. guy. And then the next two or three guys that came up, he was still kind of like wiggling around, yeah, you know, exactly. like travolting him He's a little bit. Great. Yeah, like he never took – and like he popped right, right back up. Like it mm-hmm. didn't look like – he had five guys essentially coming at him and nobody got a good lick in on him. So yeah. I don't know. There's something to be said for that. Sharkhand request, how many leagues do you own him in? It's like trying to punch a plant. You like get in there and then like all the leaves move around. Yeah, that's true. I've never heard that analogy. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes I get mad, and we have some house plans. Anyway, Shakendrick West. Yeah, yeah, you want to own him? I think so. I mean, I think he's worth owning. He's talented, and if 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 he goes out, if if Cream goes out, I think you're gonna, you're gonna see good things out of West. Is he a three down guy then? Is he a three down guy? If, I if, think so. I think so too. And I think you know he's, he can catch passes. He's fast, so I think so. You have a spot rostered West because that was the problem I was running into this week. Not that my teams are so <laughs> awesome, but. Like, I, I was having a problem. Like, God, I want to get West in on this team. I just don't have a spot for him. That's my problem. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess uh, when you're, you have those deep rosters, Bucky, that is your problem. But, you know, I don't, West isn't out there in all that many leagues, really. I think he's pretty much rostered most of them. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I'm going to look, but go ahead. Is Melvin Gordon's pesky knee about to become a huge problem considering it's the one he hurt before? And how many leagues do you own Brandon Oliver in? That is Gary in Decatur, Illinois. Um, that's where B.O.B. is from, for what it's worth. The rapper? Yeah. All right. Flat, a flat earther. Extraordinaire. <laughs> B.O.B. Right. Yeah. My uh, brother in arms, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Melvin Gordon, this is – now he's playing through it. Um, I don't even think he was listed on the injury report, quite frankly. But it is the knee that he hurt. And uh, he hasn't looked that great running the ball. His, his catches have actually saved him on a couple of weeks already. 
Um, but you look at uh, Melvin Gordon going forward, I think you just got to keep rolling him out there. Um, if I'm in a dynasty league, I'd, I'd certainly be looking at offers for him just to see what I get. Not so much because of the knee, but just because of running backs in general. If I have a stud running back, I always want to see what somebody's willing to give me uh, for him. Uh, and then Brandon Oliver, the Brandon Oliver question. I get him in a couple leagues. I wish I had him in more. Uh, he's another guy, too, that is a great pass catcher. You remember a couple years ago before he tore his ACL? Right. Had a big-time impact in fantasy leagues down the stretch. He was doing great. I totally agree. Uh, Oliver is a person you should try and get. I agree. Are, did, you, did you find out the information on uh, how many leagues? Are you literally placing bids on Charkandrick West right now? <laughs> nope. I'm editing a bid, actually. I oh, you already it. had a bid in on yeah, him. I got you. Okay. Um, yeah, out of 29 because hold on, hold on. Did you did you league sample in four of them? Did, did you actually increase the bid on West because we're talking about him on the show tonight? A little bit. <laughs> you know, sometimes the, I can influence myself. Yeah, or can. you can influence me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Now that I think about, it, you know, let me just tell you someone else that I think is an interesting person to bid on is Juju Smith-Schuster. Really, explain that a little bit. They just announced him as the, the slot receiver that he overtook. Uh, what's his name? Whoever the hell was the slot receiver? Eli Rogers. Yeah, whatever. But so yeah. it's Bryant Bryant Brown, and then I just I I guess I kind of always Schuster. I always thought Smith Schuster was the he's officially is overtaken. Okay, he's been getting targets. Yeah, he has been. So I don't know. I own him in a few dynasty leagues. Yeah, including Jesse, one where I had Jesse I, James had you know two touchdowns week one, but he's no good. Yeah, that was a total fluke. I'm with you right. on that. Uh, question in the chat room, Mint Montana, Alshon Jeffrey. How do you feel about him uh, the rest of the year as a wide receiver too? So as a uh, top 25 option, Dave, I feel pretty good about Alshon Jeffrey the rest of the way. I do too, actually. I think he'll be fine. As long he, as he stays healthy, which is always a thing with him. Con- contract year, which I know a lot of people say it doesn't mean anything. I think it does. Uh, maybe not to the extent that a lot of people uh, think it means everything, but there's something there. I like what he's doing, and Carson Wentz clearly has a connection with him. So uh, let's, uh, let's move on here and talk about Cam Newton. Hey, Gerzak and Balkman. Cam Newton against the Rotten Saints D last week killed me. Would you cut him for Trevor Simeon, Jay Cutler, or Deshaun Watson right now? It's Archie in Bedford, Mass. So he has Cam Newton on his team. I don't cut him for whom? Uh, he, the other options on his waiver wire are Simeon, Cutler, and Watson. Not Cutler, not Watson. Simeon, I, I don't know, man. I would not be cutting Newton for any of those guys. I, I think that not that you're, you're trading him, but you're basically selling him right now to the waiver wire at his lowest possible value. This is one of the worst games he had. Maybe he's not fully right, um, but I, can't, I don't see any of those guys as a big-time upgrade. If those are the guys on the waiver wire, you probably have another quarterback that you're playing ahead of Newton right now, so you, can, you have the luxury of benching Newton. If he's your only quarterback and those are the three options on, the, on your waiver wire – I'd rather have the upside of Newton and yeah. and just keep trotting him out there. Yeah, he's. I mean, he he always has a chance to kind of go off. I mean, there is a chance that these first three games are just you know he that he's. I know we know he's not right, but he could. You know, you could hear the news next week. Oh, Cam's feeling better than he has all season. He's feeling great or whatever, and all of a sudden he just gets better. What happens if if he gets the bye week to rest and all of a sudden his shoulder's good, he's clicking, and you're like, man, I cut him for Trevor Simeon. What was I thinking? That's something. That's that's an Eric Balkman move. <laughs> that could be um, that could be something. It will not be an Eric Balkman. <laughs> I will not do that. Uh, Larry in Birmingham, Alabama. How does Willie Sneed fit with the Saints passing game now that he's back? And does Ginn have any value to be on y'all's rosters? That is Larry in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you for the email, Larry. Thank you for listening to the show. Willie Sneed comes back to London this week. Now, it's interesting. 
he I don't think he was practicing and he actually got added to the injury report today, Friday. So he may not even give it a go this week. And the coach seemed kind of down on him. Like he he pissed, did seem down he on pissed him. Off or something. And listen, when Sean Payton is down on a guy, you have to take notice because Sean Payton will not play that guy. Yeah. See Mark Ingram. See Adrian Peterson. I know. The, the litany goes on. I mean, if there's one thing Payton can do, it's bench players. Yep. He can't coach well or win games or play defense. Yeah. Even acquire defensive talent or coach them up. He's an expert of keeping he's production really, off the field. He's very good at retaining his job. That's another thing he's good at. Yeah. Um, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You've been retaining your job for a while. Right. Let's see what happens when Drew Brees retires. Okay. So you look at um, this week, nothing really changes. Let's say Willie Sneed comes back in week uh, five. I don't know how much changes right there. That he's, it's not like he's going to be starting over again. Yeah. yeah, I still like Ginn going forward over Sneed. Yeah, they could kind of cancel each other out, but yeah, I don't like Snead at all. It's, it's um, I'm kind of I'm, there was a couple of times where I was thinking of taking him and somebody else. I was fixing to take him, as Alice would say, and which I, by the way, I kind of like that phrase. I'm gonna start saying that, and uh, I didn't get him, and I'm actually happy that happened. Yeah, a, a fixing to do something is is underrated in our vocabulary here yeah, in Northeast Wisconsin. Yeah, people, yeah, they say all sorts of other stupid phrases. Dave, it's one of the favorite, my favorite part of the show. All right, blind resume. Okay. Bobby in St. Paul, Minnesota. I have a blind resume for you. I am currently second in the NFL in receiving yards with 299 and am the fantasy wide receiver seven. I also have 19th, seventh ranked receiver. So he's got 299. 299, yeah. And he's seventh because he doesn't have as many touchdowns. I also have 19 grabs on the year, but my ending FFPC ADP was 711. This guy was going at the end of the seventh round. And he's the seventh overall receiver right now as we head into week four. Who am I? <laughs> now, Dave, I'm going to give you a hint here. This email is from Bobby mm-hmm. in St. Paul, Minnesota. <laughs> All right. Um, Thielen. That is correct, my friend. Ding, yeah, he, ding, ding. He totally ding. gave me that one because with, with the Minnesota, that's it. Can you believe that's he's easy. second in the league in receiving yards? Well, I can now. But yeah, had to do it he all. Had a huge, a huge week. Yeah, he did. Was huge. He had two big weeks. Right. Last week, five for ninety-eight. By the way. Wow, uh, that's, that's incredible. Actually. Well, it's not an incredible week, but it's still very that's good. Almost as good as Benjamin's going to have this week. <laughs> Except for he, Benjamin's going to get a touchdown too. Um, two more yards. And two more yards, and probably another catch. <laughs> He's going to have a two-yard touchdown catch. That's what you eliminated right. from that yeah. from that analysis. Exactly. If I had to do it all over again, I got to start asking our guests this question in the middle of the season. I definitely would have taken Kareem Hunt more in, in mid. I was talking about, actually, I should promote this right now. You take all the players that are scoring points. No, let me, I'll just, I, I know it sounds ridiculous. I'll defend it in a second. <laughs> Rotoviz.com slash podcast. Check it out. The high stakes lowdown is out. Came out yesterday. It was a great episode with Nelson Sousa. Um, and um, I'm forgetting who we had on. Oh, this is ridiculous. And the other guy. Adam Grossman. Ah, yes. The yeah. Adam Bombs. Yes. Great dynasty player, great redraft player, great interview, by the way. A lot of great stuff uh, to, uh, to, to hear from him. Um, so I have a trivia question for you after your story. Okay. So my story is here, um, if I had to do it over again, mm-hmm. I was telling Adam on the show that I feel like for my running back three, I, I was faced with Derrick Henry or Kareem Hunt in a lot of situations. Yeah. Ended up going with Henry. Felt like he had the better upside. Yeah, Just felt on. better about it. Yeah, sure, whatever. So I got Henry in a bunch of spots. Didn't get Kareem Hunt anywhere. <laughs> if I had to do it over again, I definitely would have taken Hunt more than Henry. Well, I mean, of course. more Hunt. You know, at least some Hunt, for God's sake. <laughs> and number two, I would have taken Thielen more. 
I feel like, you know, I, yes. I, I always want to get, and I did better this year. I, I, my second running back always suffers in these leagues because I got, I'm like, I got to get these receivers. Once these receivers are gone, there's nobody left. Mm-hmm. Well, there's guys like Thielen that yeah. was left. There's guys like Pierre Garçon that was left. Um, and I did a pretty good job. I, my running backs are actually all right this year for most of my leagues. Um, but Thielen is a guy that you could have gotten in the FFPC in the seventh round, and he's crushing it right now. That's awesome. Trivia question. Go. No, the movie Revenge of the Nerds. What is yes. the name of the college that they went to, and what is the name of their mascot? I, I don't know, and I don't know. I, okay. I honestly um, don't know. It's Adams College. Okay. And it's the Adams. Ant? Adams. Adams. Thielen? The Adams. Adams. Oh, that's like the, that molecule. Yes, I got the it. Adams, I, Adams. The Adams, Adams. This is clearly a uh, <laughs> uh, science, uh, technical, yeah, it's a technical. Institute, institute of technology. Except for, you know, the Alpha Betas, uh, that fraternity, they, had the, they well, took over the football team. Had a lot of dumb kicked, football players. Kicked all the freshmen yeah. out of the dorms after they burnt down their own. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie. In a drinking game. Jerry in Portland, Oregon. Am I crazy to bench Amari Cooper this week? He's been pretty dreadful so far and now has to go to mile high to take on that Broncos secondary. My other options are Adams, who played last night. Um, <laughs> Sammy Watkins, Adam Thielen, and Richard Matthews. So let's assume that... Sammy Watt, you got to play. Okay, you're, so you're playing Watkins over Cooper. Are you playing Adam Thielen over Amari Cooper? Uh, let's see, Minnesota's at home against what, Detroit? Detroit. Yeah, you know, I'm tempted to. Amari Cooper's really been making me upset. And he's going to be facing uh, um, either Tlaib or uh, Chris, uh, sure. the other guy. You know what? Why not? I would. I would play Thielen over him. Why not? Okay. Here's where it gets a little bit tougher. <laughs> Richard Matthews. Are you no. going to play him over Mari Cooper? No. Even though Matthews is doing all right. Scored a touchdown last week. Looking good. And Corey Davis is already out this week. Yeah. I don't know, man. Tennessee. It's, kind of, it's closer, than, uh, closer than you think, right? Tennessee is playing at Houston with a total of 44. I think I would play Cooper. Yeah, I would too. If you ask me tomorrow, I might say Matthews. <laughs> That's great. But you know what? Sunday morning, I'll say Cooper again. So <laughs> start Cooper over Matthews. But play Thielen over Cooper. All right, moving on. We got to fly here. What's up, guys? After a one-week, quote-unquote, permanent fantasy benching, am I cleared to get Joe Mixon back in my lineup again? Last week, I benched him for Chris Thompson, and I also have Mark Ingram and Buck Allen. I absolutely love your podcast, guys. That is Joe in Lansing, Michigan. Joe, we obviously uh, absolutely love you as well. Let's talk about Joe Mixon here. Is he back in your good graces as a top 20 running back going forward? Uh, he's close. I don't know about top 20 yet. He's locked in top 20 for me. I'm, no problem with that. I don't. For the rest of the season? Yeah, for the rest of the season. That's gutsy. I don't think it's that gutsy. I mean, he was drafted as like a top 15 guy. All right. Um, That's fine. You don't have to agree with me. I'm just telling you. five dollars that he's that he, to be top 20 okay. running back from weeks four to week 16. Okay. So you got five on Joe Mixon. I want F- him. By the F- way, I want him to. I know. Joe Mixon, FFPC points starting this week, week yep. four, yep. through week 16. Yep is not a top 20 running back. Correct. That's and my bet. I say he is. I right. say he's not. I'm I, like, five on. I, had to, I had to give you one ball. He had to throw one out to you. I lost again last week to you. I um, with <laughs> I can't remember what bet it was, but it was one that – it was close. We actually – both guys put up good numbers. It was close. Somebody told me I won, but I forgot who it was as well. Yeah. Um, I was two under the road weather. Okay. Mixon, top 20, and starting rank four. Okay. <laughs> So it worked out last week that he played Chris Thompson over Joe Mixon. Would you recommend he does that again this week, play Thompson over Mixon? Uh, you know, I would, actually. I mean, 
Mixon, he's not averaging that many yards per carry. You still don't know for sure what's going on. They are playing a not great team, Cleveland on the road. At Cleveland, total, total 41 and a half. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not good at all. I, I think Mixon actually will have a touchdown this weekend. I think he'll actually play well with – he has such a high floor with Chris Thompson that you just, I think you just got to roll with him until, until he just proves you, proves you wrong and has a bad week. You know, the other thing that's going great for Chris Thompson, the other guys in his backfield stink. And they are playing badly. They are god-awful. They are not good. Uh, Washington is on the road in Kansas City as a seven-point dog. You would think that they will be throwing. Yeah, that's a great Take point. a guess on that total? Uh, 47. 49 and a half. Crap. You know what's but, funny is I was looking at scores and odds today, and I still screwed up the total. Thompson, I would play over They're Mixon this seven. week. Yep, I would play Thompson over Mixon. That's would you? Would you play Ingram over Mixon? Evan Ingram? No, Mark Ingram. <laughs> oh, Ingram. Okay, Evan Ingram. Would you play Evan Ingram as your flex? <laughs> FFPC. FFPC. Uh, yeah, I might. I would not. I would play Mixon over Evan Ingram. Uh, Mark Ingram, let's see, across the pond, one of the biggest phrases I hate in the whole planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would think, play Mark Ingram over him. I would rather play Mixon, and uh, Mixon, you're playing him over Buck Allen, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, me too. Okay, uh, hey, HSFF Hour. With no ProSize this week, I was wondering if you could play a Would You Rather with Chris Carson in what could be his best game of the year. That is Brian in Haddonfield, New Jersey. Brian's so, excited about Carson. Well, I think I'm just excited about Chris Carson. Chris Birchby, by the way, you can follow on Twitter, at Chris Birchby, who we've had on this show uh, before. He's also been on the lowdown before. Um, he actually tweeted out, he's very excited to let the uh, Carsons out this week. He tweeted a shot of all the FPCs that he has that have um, Chris Carson on it. Uh, so he's planning on rolling him out this week. Uh, and I would be excited if I had Chris Carson as well. So Chris Carson, Dave, let's get into this here. He is at home against Indy. Would you rather play him or DeMarco Murray at the Texans? Um, I'll take Carson. And the reason, no, by the way, I'm pretty optimistic about Carson because they're laying 13 points. They're going to be big favorites, so he will probably get a lot of rushing attempts because the, the lead is what sets up the run. Mm-hmm. So. And Rawls stinks, Lacey stinks, ProSize is out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I, I would agree with that. I would play Carson over Murray. I'm not feeling good about Murray this year, and Henry's still pretty good. Carson or Chris Thompson at Kansas City? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Chris Thompson because of the high floor. I would probably go with Chris Thompson as well, not necessarily because of the high floor, but the high total. I mean, he's got he's to fall into some fantasy points just in a 50-point game. Um, Chris Carson or Mark Ingram at the Dolphins? Uh, Ingram. Uh, give me Carson there. Carson or Buck Allen at home against the Steelers? Carson. I agree. Carson or Lamar Miller at, the, or excuse me, at home against the Titans? I hate Lamar Miller. So I'm always starting someone over him. Uh, okay, so Carson, thank you. Don't make it complicated. Uh, Chris Carson or Joe Mixon at the Browns? Um, Carson. I agree. Chris Carson or C.J. Anderson at home against the Raiders? C.J. Anderson. I agree. And last one. What do we got here, 20? Uh, we'll do one more. Carlos Hyde at the Cardinals. Hyde may not even play. I mean, I mean he's probably going to play, but they were talking about Breeder possibly playing, so definitely not Hyde at Carson. Playing Carson. Okay, and I'll agree with that, actually. Give me the healthy guy. Dave had a strong feeling about this last week, but is Jordan Reed also not startable in week four if you don't have VD on Monday night? Yeah, Thanks, guys. Well, startable. Sunday night it would be, right? They play Sunday? Whatever it is, it's a primetime game, as usual, with Reed, and no, you don't play No, they play Monday. Monday. We just discussed this. I'm an idiot. Whatever. doesn't matter. Okay, so you have Vernon Davis. <laughs> you'll play Reed. 
Uh, yeah, then I would play one of the two. Okay. Unless they're, you know, again, depending on the options, but probably one of the two. Okay. Other than that, you are not playing Reed. No, I'm not risking a, a zero with Reed. Got it. Yep. That's a terrible decision. Um, I have that decision. I have Reed in one of my main events. I'm playing, I don't know, like Charles Clay over him, which isn't that hard of a choice. Yeah. Um, I am currently risking it. Uh, zero. Well, the thing is, if you read the reports last week comparison compared to this week, Reed is doing a lot more stuff this week that he was not doing last week. Um, I could put in, I think my backup there is Austin Hooper, which basically is you're risking a zero starting him anyway. I thought he was so great. He is. He's just fi- He's finding his way. <laughs> finding his, listen, Dave, I play season-long fantasy football. I don't play week Reed, three Reed, fantasy Reed football. Had a good week to, or, um, Hooper had a good week once, didn't he? Like week one? Two for 98 and a touch, I think, was his week one line. Yeah, that was huge. He scored in week two and then did not do anything. Well, I mean, you know, that's something, buddy. Don't patronize me on this show. <laughs> it's okay. Max in Louisville, Kentucky. He's hanging in there. He's better than Fleener was that one year. Max in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. That, that, that makes me feel really good. <laughs> Who this? Jeremy Macklin hosting Steelers or touchdown Mr. tight? Mr. One for eight, Macklin. Yeah. Well, he did get hurt. Which, by the way. So what? That's no set, excuse. That is not an excuse. You know, how, you know how fast Jeremy Macklin is, Dave? Set the record for um, jetting through the concussion protocol faster than anybody ever has <laughs> Very before. Impressive, was in the protocol that game. I'm like, oh, he's done. And then he's farting around on the field in the fourth quarter when they're getting killed. I didn't nice, get it. Nice. Yeah. Jeremy Macklin hosting the Steelers or touchdown Tyrell Williams versus the Eagles. That is Max in Louisville, Kentucky. Thank you for the email, Max. Which one are you playing, Macklin or Williams? I'm playing Tyrell Williams. I would too. Even though, like, there's more options, I would say, in that Chargers offense, I just hate the Raiders offense, right? or Ravens offense in general right now. Yeah, I like Tyrell. I think he's a talented player. Uh, dear Dave and Eric, need some punch for my FPC league. Evan Engram or Jared Cook on Sunday. Thank you for your consideration. Carl! Carl in York, Pennsylvania. Which one are you playing, dude? Evan Ingram is uh, going up against the... I just had it here. Damn it. I get all this stuff set up, and then I always screw it up when I actually need the information. Evan Ingram is at Tampa. Jared Cook is at Denver. So they're both on the road. Which one you like better this week? Oh, I, you know, the, the rankings would say to play Cook. I just don't like Cook all that much. I, I think Ingram is amazing for a rookie tight end. He's doing really well. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll take Ingram. We actually, uh, I agree with that. And actually, uh, Nelson Sousa, who lives uh, in New York, we talked about Evan Ingram potentially bucking this rookie tight end thing. You know, so far. So far he is. And if you want to know if Nelson, the 2016 FFPC main event champion, believes that he will continue to do it, rotaviz.com slash podcast. Download it there. <laughs> stream it live as well on the blogtalkradio.com slash rotaviz uh, channel as well. You can find out his answer there. It's great. It's a great podcast. Everything's great. This is a great show as well. <laughs> One thing about Ingram, just real quick, is the fact that he's doing this well as a rookie really, really, really bodes well for him as a future dynasty player. I mean, second year, third year, I would be doing anything and everything I can to get him and paying pretty premium money for him. I think there's going to be a lot of Sharky players in FFPC Dynasty formats making Evan Ingram trades, not only right now, but I mean, no, right now, because after the season, I think you're going to end up paying more. Now is the time to get him. If he has like 750 yards and like seven touchdowns or something like that, forget about it, because then he's looking at an 1,100-yard season possibly as a second-year or third-year guy. And, but then you have to look at if they do bring in a new quarterback, how does that whole thing work? But Brandon Marshall's not long for that team. Yeah, he's going to be gone. So. Like, you know, all those things are correct. The coaching staff's probably going to change. When is the trade deadline for FFPC Dynasty Leagues? Do we know? It's after, yeah, it's in the rules. The clock is ticking, gentlemen. <laughs> it's after nine or ten. The clock is ticking, and you're uh, – you're, uh, 
yeah, um, journey all, to acquire Evan Ingram. Can't wait for all those emails. When is the trade deadline? Did you read the rules? No. We never say that. We actually look it up. Clearly, I never read the rules either. <laughs> as, otherwise, I would know. Uh, that's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Dallas Grimes, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, all of you. We will be back next week. 10-9 Central with another guest uh, helping you set your week five lineups, um, talking about uh, what you should be doing in waivers the following week, preview the action as well uh, for week five. Early lineup Sunday morning, 9.30 Eastern a.m. Get those lineups in before the Saints and Dolphins kick off in London. Uh, a best of luck to all of you in week five, and uh, hopefully the ball bounces your way. Your weekend officially starts This has now. been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dog stay on the court, blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Where you get that from? We hit that 70% of all emails got answered, but barely. Whew. Well, 30% of people will be mad. We have too many people emailing questions into the show. I'm going to tell everybody right now, do not send any emails to highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. We cannot get to them. Don't bother. Sorry.